0: Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael Willer, I am a chaser, and today I am Charlie Brown. I'm wearing my my Charlie Brown t-shirt. Um, and, and as a side bonus, I decided to try out a different inflection on my intro today, and I, I quite liked it, so there you go oh bully for you <laughs> what did you think about Michael's intro <laughs> Trevor where can they go to tell us what they thought no, no 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 no, not
1: yet not yet damn hey this is Don I'm a big chubby guy living here in Hollywood and this today I am a Garfield boy because I just ate way too much breakfast and I'm ready run, ready for a nap
0: <laughs> was it lasagna
1: <laughs> it kind of was it was a layered thing
0: a, a breakfast lasagna.
2: Carbohydrates. <laughs> did you layer pancakes and waffles again Don't you judge me. (gasps) That sounds amazing. amazing. (laughs) (laughs) The fried chicken between
1: the layers is just a lubricant thing. Dan, it
0: does.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm generally Um. against food that gets served in a bucket. (laughs) 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 Anyway, I'm Dan Oliverio. I'm an author and public speaker and chubby chaser. And um, today I am in my signature white t-shirt that i seem to always be wearing in covid land
0: (laughs) (laughs) he's really putting the effort in
2: i'm you know well you know i have different white t-shirts and um i do wash them on occasion well i was going to say this one's quite
1: shiny and new looking it's not quite to the jackson pollock look you were sporting last week
3: (laughs) i am trevor Keyson. i'm a super chub and today i am a um i'm a snoopy boy because i've been um no, I've mm-hmm. been my I've been having some back issues, so I've been laying on my foam roller aligned oh, no. with my spine, uh kind of like Snoopy on the that very sharp edge of his dog ass <laughs> that he lays on.
2: <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but that's exactly what you look like on the foam yeah. Could <laughs> I with just his say to the sky. <laughs>
1: the way you phrase that, I've been laying on the foam roller with my spine. I'm just picturing you like cuddled up and spooning your spine, you know, just just the two of you
0: Timber's, sharing an I mean, afternoon. You're not Timber's far off. Taken an amorphous blob-like shape because the <laughs> spine is no longer supporting him.
3: Yeah, that's basically it. That's, that's yeah. COVID land.
0: <laughs> uh, guys, it happened. It finally happened. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for,
1: <laughs> for those of you listening in the far future, and we are part of your anthropolog- uh, anthropology paper. Do uh, in two hours, you really should have started this much sooner. Oh, my God. Jeez, come on. You know, there's one listener in the future that's freaking out. right How did they know? (laughs) This is the week where we finally waved goodbye to president trump waved goodbye with i actually our flipped
0: him off yeah i was holding i was i didn't I, say what you used to wave at him <laughs> i love the did you guys watch the msnbc stream because they played all of this i don't know if this was the music that they picked or that the music the president picked nope. or whatever that was the, the president
1: me- pick the the music when he was
0: leaving are you, was are you talking about, are you talking
2: about the inauguration No, No, before that, they
0: showed uh, Trump, you know, he did his little goodbye speech and his petty bullshit. And then he walked away to to a soundtrack and it was fucking hilarious.
1: (laughs) He was waving from the top of the ramp to YMCA. Of course, (laughs) somehow has become his theme song. I know. I know. Does he Uh, not know?
2: Oh, of course he knows. It doesn't matter. It's uh, Uh, a great He's still (laughs) pretending he's so LGTB friendly. No, I think I think all he gets out of that song and all his followers get out of that song is Macho Man that's that's it's because one of the pillars of trump support is toxic masculinity well wouldn't they just play macho man if that were the case (laughs) well no
3: they do a thing at the rallies where instead of ymca they say m-a-g-a
1: oh is that what's going on yeah Mm -hmm. okay
3: but i mean it's an excellent pick for uh the inevitable avalanche of trump biopics that are going to come in (laughs) oh yeah however many years it's too soon
1: Anything stand out for you guys from the uh, inauguration? I
3: don't know. Lady Gaga. So many things. Yeah. Lady Gaga Gaga
1: singing the national anthem and turning around and singing to the flag that the flag was still there after a riotous insurrection tore down our flag the week before and Mm -hmm. ran a Trump Trump flag up
2: that pole. I burst into tears. uh, Some little historical context. Our flat, the the Star Spangled Banner, the poem, upon which the national anthem is is written, uh, was composed by Francis Scott Key as he watched the uh, assault of uh, of of Fort on Baltimore. Okay, well, what had happened? Actually, that was the war, the War of eighteen twelve, where people overran the capital. That was the last mm-hmm. time people overran the capital was when the British did it, a foreign power, and you know. So now we have our own little foreign power waving their Confederate flags. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's stunning that this these are the times that we're living in. But oh my god, so relieving now. Uh, anyway, Trump right, is of that now passed, we,
1: and with luck, we will never have to say that name on this podcast ever again.
0: Don't even remember it. We nope. have we have cool things to talk about. Yay! Yeah, like, yes. we do. <laughs> um, first, actually, I think Don should introduce this this our first pop culture bit. Oh wait, no, we, we have, have to have, do the we lead. Have, in. We have, we have yeah. other stuff before that. That's Sorry. right. I, I Trevor has been very kind about putting together our our agenda. I, I, I put it at the start, it, <laughs> so we
3: could do it at the
0: start like we talked about instead of waiting till the <laughs> like end. It when... was literally my idea to do it first. Um, <laughs> so our uh, before we get into the show, our we wanted to talk about uh, the fiftieth episode coming up, which is. Uh, kind of a cool milestone and I think the episode itself we're planning some things that are that should be kind of fun and special about it but we also thought it might be fun to do another sort of zoom live meet and greet extravaganza um, and so we're sort of letting you know early because I think we're gonna take the temperature on when like what time and what day of the week might be might be the best to do that but we kind of just wanted to like celebrate with y'all and celebrate a new look on outlook on life and just have have a reason to be happy and be a community together. Uh, that's coming up. Uh, we're going to do it the first week in February. Um, that's when our 50th episode will be airing. So, Are you
2: asking for uh, people to send in times or something like that or no?
0: Uh, we'll, we'll ask people. We'll, we'll put something on social media and I can ask a few people directly that I know missed the last one. And mm-hmm. so I want to try and make sure that they're going to be able to, to make this one if they choose. It's <laughs> almost
3: Valentine's Day. Maybe you're seeing the... You know, trees uh, I mean hopefully the trees are <laughs> the already Christmas trees.
2: trees no the
3: the <laughs> Christmas trees on the curb and the Which pink hearts, means it's
2: time for Valentine's Day. Yes.
3: Right. <laughs> and the the Pink Hearts uh but it's Valentine's Day, which means another risque episode where hmm. we answer your questions and talk about unspeakable acts <laughs> that uh How I did I agree to this again? We no. speak these unspeakable acts.
0: Um, so write us in with a question that you think would make Don blush when giving no. the answer. oh please do, please do. It's not hard. Don't worry. It's so much fun. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. If you have any questions regarding relationships and all the things that come along with relationships, Sex. with tubs and chasers, or you know,
1: high necked sweaters and <laughs> nuns, or you know, fuzzy kittens, mm. that's okay too. I
0: would even go out so far as to say that you can ask us questions too. <gasps> oh, that's Oh my God. That is very, but could be so much fun. Oh,
1: Michael, you
2: just
0: opened a door <laughs> yeah. to a
2: world of pain on yourself. <laughs> That's true. I think most of the questions Look, are I, Mr. I, fan Favorite over here. <laughs>
0: we we have discussed this at length. I have the power. I have the power of the edit. <laughs> Although I am kind of beholden to what makes the show funny, so I usually leave the stuff in anyway. Mm. At any rate, we're doing that. We're going to be uh, releasing that episode Uh, The second week in February. So in the next couple weeks, if you write us in, uh, we'll have the various places that you can do. So at the end of this episode, you can listen. Um, Yeah, we'd love to take your questions and make a big, sexy uh, Valentine's episode once again this year.
1: So from our pop culture bag.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
3: Cue the music. We don't have pop culture music.
0: We don't, we don't have, have pop culture music. music. Why don't we have pop culture music? I don't know. We have music for two other segments for at the God's beginning of the show. The call went out
2: far and wide for pop culture music. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I saw this article in the Guardian about a all new boy band from China. I love this so much. I so much. Called the Produce Pandas. <laughs> I don't know what that China's means. But that <laughs> all singing, all dancing, plus sized boy band. That's right. That's right.
2: Oh, my God.
1: So amazing. We'll have a little link to the article on our our sites, but Mm. it's these five uh, Chinese chubby guys. Now, when I say Chinese chubby guys, I'm not just saying that they're Chinese. I'm saying that they're the Chinese style of chubby, which means they're those guys that can buy the 5X on the racket marshals. That is the Asian sizing. Mm-hmm. uh the one that is basically a glove oh. on someone like me oh, oh, oh. they are oh, they I are see. not large people well they're um, not american fat they're china they're fat. not american fat they're chinese fat yeah uh which means they're adorable like you just <laughs> kind of want to you want to pinch their little cheeks they're just I, so cute I, like this pandas. quote
3: <laughs> from the article is my favorite thing ever uh we look just like a group of pandas huggable chubby shape relaxed and happy attitude. <laughs> yeah.
1: What more do you want in a boy band, I ask and you? <laughs> honestly, th- that's that's or right on the nose. a boy in general. Uh, they, have a, they have a video there, following mm-hmm. them around for a little bit and uh, showing some of their music videos. And of all the boy bands I've ever seen pushed, they're easily the most sort of like approachable, like lovely, charming. I already have um, a crush on one of them. <laughs> I'm shocked. Shocked, I say. Um <laughs> And goddamn, if they can't, they can't dance pretty damn well.
3: Uh, So when Don sent this, I over, um, I don't know what, sometime between episodes, (laughs) because time is a flat circle. um, Hmm. I saw on Twitter there was a video going around of, I, I thought, I was like, oh, was that the produce pandas? Like, is that what that was? And it was a different group, a dance troupe called the Not Shy Bears, also based out of China, but a
0: separate thing.
2: They're not singing and dancing. Mm. Oh, they're wow. just dancing. Yes. Not Shy Bears.
0: Not yes. Shy Bears. The Not okay. Shy Bears. They're They're definitely sort of, you know, I, I would say Midwest normal. Yes. <laughs> but also, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I think any any ounce of representation is always a good yes. thing. Yes.
2: I'm still a panda yeah. man. I'll tell you that
1: right now. I mean, it definitely <laughs> hammers home why the Asian sizes never work for me.
3: Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well so to that effect so when don sent this um i mentioned i feel like i've maybe mentioned this on the podcast before a few years ago i want to say it was like 2014 ish there was kind of uh this boom in japan of the idea of the marshmallow girl Mm -hmm. which was basically japanese body positivity i think kind of through like a the japanese street fashion lens which which uh, launched a girl J- j-pop group that was uh chubbiness that was um, the which I'll, yeah. i sent i hmm. think I, I don't know if i sent everyone a chubbiness video um, chubby miss or no Jenna chubbiness miss. like chubby chubbiness miss.
2: no your, your name is better don but no that's not <laughs> yes. what they went with
3: <laughs> and i was wondering i'm like where are the marshmallow boys and apparently the marshmallow <laughs> boys are in China. <laughs>
2: yeah. hiding <laughs> um, behind pandas.
3: Yes.
1: <laughs> but they're adorable. Very mm-hmm. worth checking out the article. And who knows? You might find yourself a new addiction. They're very poppy. The, the songs that they have online are very catchy. Dan, I think
0: I know it's when you have a crush on.
2: Yeah, you probably it's probably the same one you have a crush on. <laughs> fun, which which one? I'm curious which one.
0: <laughs> the fat one? No.
2: No, he's the, he's, the, he's the guy in the back and he's and he's kind of shy and he's very chubby and he's clean-shaven, which I'm a big fan of. Um uh-huh. he's, I think he's the only one who's clean-shaven.
3: I mean, yeah, I let's... I like all of them cuz you know, it's they're within my, you know, size range and it's you know, like Michael said they're midwestern normal.
0: <laughs> Um. Do we have a Fat Watch today? It's What's Fat Watch
3: 2021. It's flawless transition. <laughs> yeah, nailed it.
0: <laughs> um.
3: So first off, this week, um, we have something from a listener, Eric, who um sent us something, which so I I cool. have I I've seen, I've seen before. I think Dan has seen it. I feel like maybe <laughs> it's. We circulated it. It's not
2: recent, but it's wonderful.
3: Yes. And because of that, I think it's important to share. Um, It's called The Fat Joke by Rachel Wiley. And this is via um, Button Poetry in 2017 had a poetry festival called the Rust Belt Poetry Festival. And this is something she performed. Um, And I think Michael's going to drop in a little clip here.
4: The old joke goes... Patient walks into the doctor's office, says, Doctor, it hurts when I move my arm like this. What should I do? And the doctor says, so don't move your arm like that. Now, fat girl walks into doctor's office, says, Doctor, it hurts when I move my arm like this. What should I do? And the doctor says, have you considered weight loss surgery? Fat girl walks into the doctor for a flu shot and gets a lecture about BMI. Fat girl walks into the doctor's with an earache and gets asked if she's ever eaten a salad. Fat girl walks into the doctor's office with a spider bite and the doctor obsesses over how low her blood pressure is. Low, for such a fat person anyway, insists on checking it three times before he'll believe it, forgets completely about the mass of purple spider venom that brought her Here to begin with. Fat girl walks into the doctors to ask about antidepressants and gets prescribed exercise instead because obviously her depression is because of her fat and obviously fat bodies never exercise and stay fat. Fat girl walks into the doctor's office for a standard three-month follow-up appointment and the doctor says, have you considered that weight loss surgery yet?
2: So if you want to hear the rest of that, you certainly can go and check it out. It is amazing to hear yeah. something. very worth it.
0: It's, yeah, so powerful um, and incredibly well-performed yes. as well. Uh, what else we got going on? This is... Uh, uh, oh, there was
2: that BuzzFeed article.
0: Yeah, so BuzzFeed,
3: yeah. Um, just a little, a little context, just because, I mean, I think this could come out at any time, but BuzzFeed had um what they called Body Week 2021, where they were focusing on um some material tackling different and you know, body related issues. And they publish an article called couples with different body types exist. Here are their stories. And it's by Laura Bogart. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I really love this cause it's the article talks about different, um, different couples and kind of their differences in their bodies and how they relate to that.
0: Um, and I like how it's, it's from a few different perspectives and I just, I, I it was really funny to me because I, one of the couples met on uh what was it called? OKCupid. Okay yes. And uh I there was a very brief period of time where I had an OKCupid okay account. And for some reason, the way that they described their like their way of interact, like he, he's saying, I knew, you know, I knew she wasn't 120 pounds, which isn't my type. Um, and I didn't really have a type. I hadn't dated in more than a decade, blah. blah. It just there's something incredibly relatable about looking for someone that you don't know that you're looking for Mm. on a place where you're not really supposed like where it's not designed for you to find that. Like it's, I I guess it's another way of saying, it's great that they found each other sort of in spite of the bias against being able to do so Mm -hmm. like trying, you know, on a place like that, you're encouraged to hide uh, your weight because it's not something that that is a website that's there to embrace. It's a very mainstream website.
1: I noticed on the Facebook dating app, you're not
2: even able to list your weight.
0: Well, who would do that, Don? <laughs> what kind of
2: sick motherfucker would list their weight? That's, just, oh my God, it's speakable. It's speakable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really appreciated about the article was it was a nice spectrum um, of lots of different kinds of people, lots of different kinds of sexuality. And I appreciated, I, I just wish it had been farther towards the top, but I really appreciated they, a, they did mention chubby chasers. They did mention because so often you see a, a a different size couple, like a fat thin couple, and either people don't put it together as a couple. I've, I've been on many dates where we were not treated as a couple because why would we be a couple? Mm. Or they go, oh, they they assume that the thin person is necessarily a chaser, which isn't a. It's not a fair. It's not a. It's not a bad bet, but there are plenty of people who are. Out with fat people and they're not chubby chasers they're just they just don't have a particular the 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 person's size is not a deal breaker it's not something they are attracted to but it's not something that they throw out as a as a potential partner uh, as a quality and a potential partner and i thought Mm -hmm. it was they did a really nice job of finessing those two things in the article and also addressing the fact that a lot of people think of chubby chasers as some sort of sick fetishistic you know monsters out there and that it's not that and i love the way the therapist in the article says it she says you know some people just have a wider range of sexuality and are and are actually attracted to fat people (laughs) and i Mm -hmm. thought that was like you almost never hear that that was lovely
0: Imagine if something could be quite so simply and succinctly explained <laughs> yeah. and people listen to it. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm.
3: Um, something I loved, which I feel like is kind of, I don't know, part of what we set out to do with the podcast is um, one of the um, people interviewed, Mycroft, um, who's a thin person, says, I personally don't believe you can be ethically attracted to a group and not do adv- advocacy for them. Yes. Mycroft, who is 44, mm-hmm. told me. I feel to be called trans queer and fat attracted and I have a fat partner and to advocate for trans queer and fat people. I get that fat attraction would look very different in a society that loved fat people.
0: I mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, sorry, this is may not matter. I just the, in the quote, you uh, read it slightly backwards. Oh. I feel called to be trans queer oh. fat attracted. Yes. Uh, really, uh, Uplifting. I like how positive the first half of our show is today.
3: (laughs) I think it's It's almost as though a
2: great shadow has been lifted from our country. (laughs) (laughs) Ever since we threw that ring in the mountain, it's been just smooth
0: sailing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean that
2: orange ring?
0: (laughs) Why couldn't the eagles have flown us here? All right, everybody. It's time. We have put this off long enough. Yes. Um, An episode that we initially intended to do. Uh, first thing bright and early in january um well i think that's appropriate and we talked about this in
3: our you know kind of podcast prep call but it's been a weird month (laughs) Um, (laughs) and also when people are setting out in the new year and kind of creating what they want from the year there's generally a falling off
0: point kind of at the end of the month um, yeah, we wanted to do an episode about uh, not just, you know, because people talk about doing resolutions and this was going to yeah. initially tie into, you know, our, our not reservations, our conservations from 2020 and then doing resolutions next. But our take on it and more specifically, I think, goal setting and realistic yeah. goal setting. And what are the pitfalls of people who set goals that maybe don't uh, don't see a lot of success in it or what they would quantify is success. And, uh, Dan has talked about this a lot before. And so I think a good structure might be to kind of go down this, this sort of bullet point list. We have one at a time and discuss sort of each, each point individually. Is that, how's that sound?
3: It works for me. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, start us off with number one. So I, one of the things
2: that comes up for people immediately, as soon as you say, you know, I'm going to set a goal, what, you know, people are afraid of goals um Mm. and for for good reason when you're when you set up a goal you're actually creating a kind of game with yourself and sometimes this is a very serious game like you you know you have this like i i need to do this and you know for my life to work out i have to do this Uh, and sometimes it's you know a little more trivial like it's like eh, i'd like to i'd like to throw more dinner parties or i'd like to have i'd like to eat more vegetables like it it seems like a lower game but anyway you Mm consider this whether you consider it as significant or less significant you're setting up this game to play and what the reason people get afraid of goals is that inherent in a game like that a kind of what's what's known as a finite game is that you can win or you can lose and right. people hate losing <laughs> and pe- and some people play to win and some people play not to lose and it, it's confronting
0: yeah and people hate com- a lot of people hate competition too or just the idea of like because I find that if you're setting a goal, a lot of times your measurement for, and this probably gets into later stuff, yep. but like comparing yourself to what a similar goal that another person is doing. And so <laughs> wanting to avoid that that feeling of pressure at all costs, um, the idea of, yeah, a goal is a way of tracking winning or losing is, is impo- uh, not imposing, is uh, intimidating. Um, and I've totally backed off of like, oh, I I like I did that for for the better part of last year. I needed I was so busy and I needed a way to structure my life better. Um and I, I have a really hard time keeping a schedule. I just I've ADHD. It's not too chronic, but it's enough that it just I get so distracted when I get excited about something and I have a really hard time keeping a schedule. And finally at the beginning of 2021, I was like, all right, this is it. And I, I created a whole little thing and I've been keeping it for two weeks now and it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, just as a, a little mini success story tidbit for you. Well, maybe we'll sprinkle those in along the way. <laughs> I mean, I definitely relate to the... I think Dan
3: will understand from watching me do this thing where I try and I fail. I and mean, I don't I don't give up the first try. It's like I give myself three tries on something and if I fail then I give it up forever. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah.
2: It's like it's outside the universe now. It can never happen again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've seen that, but I've also seen the other side of this where uh, if you are trying to do something, you will... I would say more times than not refuse to accept any sort of help when attempting to accomplish. It. It's like, I have to do this. <laughs> it's not a real win unless do you it. do it
1: yourself. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, but but the first thing about this is you got to get all of any time you set a goal, it it is necessarily in the context of winning and losing, and you can say, well, that's a territorial thing. But then what that implies is that if you really want to pursue goals, you need to. Have have what i call a healthy relationship with failure and failure isn't bad failure is you just didn't meet the goal you know you wanted to you wanted to sell 100 units you sold 99 technically you failed but that's not a bad thing that's just Mm -hmm. it's just a numerical analysis
0: well you're not being graded (laughs) life isn't a class
2: (laughs) i have
1: a tendency to dislike just like a, a pass fail situation I I, mm. I always find that to be a no win because even if I make the goal, then I start thinking the goal should have been a little higher than mm-hmm. I said it because I made it <laughs> right. Well, so I, I, one thing I like to do with this stuff is actually to sort of come up with milestones in my head mm. of like mm. this is the goal I want, and these are the steps to achieve on the route to it. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and for me that that works because even if I don't make the final goal, like oh, I made the first
2: two milestones, that's pretty good. You know? Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's the the thing that I get into then with people is that you know, so what actually is a goal, and why is it? You know, it's this it's this game. Well, it has to have specific and measurable results. If mm-hmm. you don't have, like, if you say, "Gosh, I I want to," you know, when when the pandemic lift, I want to travel more. That's not a goal. That's what I call a wish. Because you, how do you know if you traveled more, more than what? And, you know, if, if you just traveled more before, you know, from now until you die, than now when you were born is, is that what you mean by more? Sure. So you, you want to get specific about it. And that's what, that's again, because of that win, lose nature, people, uh, for a lot of people that occurs as pressure.
0: And I think, yeah, a lot of the fear of setting a goal or attempting a goal is also like, for instance, let's take the example of traveling more. Um, You say you want to travel more and that can be a genuine desire. Absolutely. Um, But it's also quite vague and there's no real way to um, there's no real way to push yourself into it, honestly, versus saying, okay, I'm going to get specific. Uh, let's say I want to travel to Italy at some point in the next year. As soon as it's safe to do so, I'd love to visit Europe. I'd love to visit that country specifically. Um, but the more specific you get, the more real it can feel, the more you have to think about how to get there. And I think most people are inherently afraid of any kind of shakeup in life. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's, and it's just a comfort thing. And it's not just a comfort thing. It's a safety thing. It's like, once you establish your thing, your routine, your safety in life, you don't want to mess with success. And I remember this is such a specific memory, but I I still can't get it out of my head. When I was a kid, when I was like 15 years old, I started working a part-time job and I needed a checking account. I needed a bank account. And I I don't remember why, but I, it it transpired that I had to go set up that account by myself uh, at the credit union in in our town. And that was the scariest thing in the world to me, mm. like, because I'd never done anything like it before. I had literally never done it.
2: That's, that's really perfect. Cause that's, it, it kind of dovetails into what I wanted to say about either big goals. It, you know, it doesn't matter. It could be even a small goal. If you've been wanting to do something. And you consistently have not been doing it. That's not just, oh, I didn't get around to it. Because there's a lot of stuff in your life that you do get around to, right? And one of the things that you brought up in that example, Michael, that's really great is you have to be willing to let go of something or become something Mm -hmm. to get this goal. Like, you know, a lot of people will say like, oh, I'm not the kind of person who. And in, in setting up that bank account, you'll notice like it was really intimidating to you because you'd never done that before. And mm-hmm. you weren't used to dealing with money that way. And in setting up that bank account, which is a really, and I mean, I like this because it's really silly and minor. Yeah. It, it's not <laughs> like, it's not like stopping smoking, losing hundred pounds, whatever you're right, talking about. Right. right? It's really, really simple and trivial, but you actually had to become a different person. The kind of person who goes to a bank, because mm-hmm. before that happened, you weren't that kind of person. And, and that transformation is. Is part of any goal, even if it's minor, but they, then it's yeah. a minor transformation.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that um, that I have uh, again over my life. There, there's a hundred thousand different things that feel very similar to that. You know, if you just live an active life, uh, which I tend to, there's always going to be there's always going to be the next checking account. There's always going to be the next thing that just feels uh, like I and 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 the problem is that you get better and better at tricking yourself. Mm-hmm. That like, like for me, like as soon as I recognize like, oh, I obviously have a lot of hesitation about trying something totally, completely new I've never done before. Well, suddenly it's not about the fact that it's new. It's about the fact that I don't have the money for that yet or mm-hmm. I probably should try and do this. And then you start making excuses. And yep. and really the root cause is I'm a little bit afraid to just do a thing I've never done. Be,
2: and yeah, and it becomes a, a part of the identity. And if you look at the other side of that, you know, people, everybody knows that they're not the same person they were let's say 10 years ago. They're just yeah. not the same person. And how did that happen? Well, it didn't happen just because time went by. It, it happened because in those 10 years, you started accomplishing things. And in order to accomplish them, they necessarily impacted who you are. And when you have 10 years of accretion, you, not only do you not even think about how it happened, It just happened. But also the, the nature of the, of identity is that you don't even remember that you used to be a different kind of person, not until it's (laughs) pointed out because the identity is designed to be like the ego is designed to be like this, this consistency filter. It's designed to keep the world looking like the world always looks. And Mm -hmm. so you're like, Oh, I've always been this way. And only when people like put a finger on it's like, Oh my God, no, I I wasn't always like this.
0: So I'm curious, uh, Uh, Trevor Don. Uh, what is a if we were to look back past the the filter of your ego into the you know ten years ago? What is what is something that uh has changed over time that you can uh, like that you were afraid to that maybe you were afraid to do at the time or you haven't hadn't attacked tackled before and now it's just part of who you are and of course you've always been like that. I mean, one thing I can think of
3: just because it's kind of been on my mind, and I don't remember exactly what triggered it, but. I mean, this podcast. Oh, truly is Mm -hmm. so something. I mean, ten years, literally ten years, ten years ago, my friend Bree and I wanted to do a fat podcast, and Mm. we recorded an episode. Mm. And at the time, I was as it got closer and closer, I was more and more uncomfortable. And afterwards, I was like, "We can't!" Like, we recorded an episode, and I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, I can't believe I talked about all that stuff, and we're going to put it online." And people like are going to hear it and like, what if my family hears? And thankfully, because the we used my laptop to record it and like, we didn't have mics. We were just recording it off my laptop and my fan on my laptop was so loud. Hmm. <laughs> the audio was unusable. Yeah. And I was like, okay, this is a sign that this wasn't supposed to be a thing. And, uh, <laughs> I like avoid it. I'm. I think Brie is probably listening and like, oh, okay, that's what happened with that. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, going from that, you know, space of like, oh my god, what if someone listens to like knowing <laughs> my aunt heard me talk talk about fold fucking last year? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh no! <laughs> and and she did, and I don't know, having oh, a god.
0: like, it's <laughs> my worst. <laughs>
3: Uh, and maybe she didn't listen to that episode i'm pretty sure she did though i'm but i she's listening yeah. to this yeah <laughs> um, and you know that other people that i thought wouldn't listen to it like listen to it in the drive-thru at burger king <laughs> and they're going to work and getting coffee um is a like that's a, like to me i don't know realizing that shift and change is like i i'm a that is a completely different person
2: yeah yeah and if you had set a goal when you, you know, 10 years ago, like my goal is to do a podcast this year, that wouldn't have worked as you continue to be that person. It's not until you become you, you have to constitute yourself consistent with the goal instead of attacking the goal. Sometimes it's helpful to look at like, who am I being? Mm-hmm. For me, it was more of a uh, <laughs> some people
1: may interpret this as a negative thing, but for me, it's definitely a positive thing. Um, being less
0: diplomatic
1: Ah, yes, Um, I know what you mean.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah,
1: just like, you know, I always sought common ground. I always sought appeasement, the halfway point, uh, assuming that all points of view were as valid as mine. And you know what? There comes a point when, (laughs) if there's one thing we've learned over the past four years, sometimes (laughs) the other side is just plain wrong. (laughs) And it's okay to stick by your guns and stop caring quite so much about everyone feeling included and everyone working together. And sometimes it's okay to pack up your shit and start doing the work yourself and saying, fuck you. I don't care what you think about this. Um, that's a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> goals do not I like, I understand that what Dan is talking about, but some, uh, but sometimes goals can be intangible like that, you know? Oh. And
2: well, that's uh, not the goal though. That's, it's sort of what, that's what happens in your life. The, the goal is always, it has a form. It has a, a time and it has uh, a place to occur. Like it, you mm-hmm. know, you you can't say I'm going to have a get together. Mm-hmm. That's not a goal because what does that mean? I mean that going to the grocery store would be a get together then. So it, it, but on the other hand, sometimes you got to think about well what is the actual goal? Cuz sometimes people construct goals like I'm going to send 100 un- I'm going to sell 100 units or I'm going to you know, but sometimes well so it, and you're going to fail if you sell 99 cuz that's the nature of the goal, right? But sometimes right. maybe you, it gets you to think about, well, what is actually important about selling specifically 100 units of something? And why is 99 not good enough? And it makes you kind of think about, well, what do I really care about in this? Do I really care about 99 versus 100? Because if you don't, then maybe picking 99 or 100 isn't really necessary to your goal. And I think sure. maybe that's what, what Don is pointing towards about, you know, what is really important to me? About this, because in the end, goal setting is kind of like the the conduit for transformation. Mm -hmm. And
0: yeah, and I and when what do you you know
2: what kind of transformation you trying to affect? Yeah, sorry, Michael.
0: And I like I like the idea of identifying what's important because, yeah, first of all, it may not. People think about a goal and they think there's got to be some very concrete metric of tracking this goal, which is valid, but also you can get distracted the wrong direction by saying, okay, well, my goal is to, you know, become healthier and, you know, whatever that means. We don't even have to dissect that just now, but a lot of people say, I want to lose weight because they equate the two and they say, okay, well, it's going to be 20 pounds. Well, okay. Like, but let's, that's actually not what's important. You talked about being healthier. What's important is that you get more exercise and move yourself on a regular basis that maybe you haven't been doing and that will, you know, keep your body active and make you healthier. The, the 20 pounds is not actually yeah. the goal here. The goal is to establish yourself a, an exercise routine.
2: I do a seminar on health and that the first question I ask in the seminar is, you know, what do you want to do? And they go, well, I want to be healthy and I'm going great. Now, what in the world do you mean by that? Yeah. <laughs> and I say, you know, maybe, maybe getting, maybe your goal is you want to make it up a flight of stairs without huffing and puffing. Maybe that's your goal.
4: Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the thing
2: for you. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But the point is like, you know, really look at, at, at what the goal is accomplishing for you.
1: The other important thing is to set the goal as something that can be achieved and by you where you are, as opposed to what you think a generic human being should be able to achieve. Yeah. You got to be where yeah. you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 yeah.
2: I, I wanted to get back to that thing that Michael you know, like, what do you care about? And what's important? And I was thinking about Michael and like you play soccer. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the object of any soccer game is you to see. win the soccer game. Right. Yeah. I mean, it just is your your job. Yeah. Your job That's is to. By definition. By definition. The game is to win. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 your job is to score more goals than the other team. But mm-hmm. yet that is not your enjoyment of the game. Nope. And all I'm saying is that a goal necessarily has ma- has metrics. Now, do you have to have metrics to lead a lovely life? Of course you don't. And and that's the other side of this thing we call play. If you look at goals as play, as just one kind of play, as a particular kind of play, as what we call finite play or a finite game, and that the real value of goals is to affect personal transformation or maybe even not so personal, maybe societal transformation, there is The goal is only one side of that. And if you're, really, if you're not into the whole, if, if the metrics are intimidating to you or you just don't want them, there is another kind of play like house, like Legos. And maybe you want to investigate those ways of living life, which you already mm-hmm. do. I mean, raising a child is an infinite game. You can't win raising a child.
0: <laughs> you can lose it though
2: <laughs> but in, you know so so that there are there are a lot of infinite and finite games in life but what's interesting is that we only we tend to focus on the finite games because they're data driven because they're they're numeric because they're quantifiable and but our most our richest experiences in life aren't that
3: i wanted to bring up cuz this is something whenever i have used any kind of like goal tracking tool it does not address the breakdown Mm. and what (laughs) happens about breakdowns. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I, I think they're behind me multiple times have purchased a little planner with goal tracking stuff and I've planned out my year and then it uses kind of very uh, goal tracking tools that I like, but it does not give you any tools for what happens when you are on this little roadmap you've set and your shit just gets fucked up and your goal is like it is not achievable and you're just kind of like like i don't know you're you're hitchhiking cross country and you're waving down a car and like okay this is the next stop and that car like rolls over and explodes and you're just standing in the middle of the desert watching a car explode then again like Baby, one of the
2: reasons I love being your husband is like, what the hell is going on in your mind? It's just amazing. <laughs> just, just amazing. <laughs> so I please.
0: Yeah. And I know um, other people. how do you deal with failure?
2: Failure just means you didn't make the goal. Right. Another word for it is losing. Right. You lose the soccer game. Why would you lose the soccer game? Because your, your point value was less than the other team's point value. You're lost. Mm -hmm. That's it. But there's a lot of emotional baggage we put on losing and failure, even though we know intellectually that failure and losing is one of the most valuable tools that we have as human beings. You Mm -hmm. don't learn a lot from winning. Uh, You learn a lot more from failing and losing. Uh, But we're terrified of it. And we and we have we have complexes as children about it and, you know, getting the wrong answer being wrong. So the first thing I would say about failure is to just take the the emotional baggage out of it, because it doesn't mean that. It just means that there was some objective measure that wasn't met. That's all it means. Done. Yeah. And that's why, like Trevor was calling it a breakdown, because breakdown is, you know, you break down, you're going to get going again. But failure is like this damnation. Yeah. And people don't want to deal with that.
0: I uh, I think it occurred to me that I think part of the, you know, the idea of attaching a lot of emotional weight and baggage to failing a goal is, you know, we, we, you know, there's a lot of pressure to, to hold yourself and have your own you know value in life and to be as smart and effective as possible. And to could be a contributory member of society, at least in America. It's, there's a lot of pressure to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and be a success. And, you know, so when you feel like you're not that there's a hit that you take. And I think, maybe taking away some of that stigma uh, would be helpful for at least for our listeners. And so I am going to go back into my 2020 goals that I set for myself and I'm going to tell you at least one or two that I failed at. Um, And then we can talk about why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And hopefully you'll, you'll get an idea of like this doesn't have to be the end all be all and you can work through stuff or just let it go if you want Um, one of them right at the top of the list. And this was really, really, really frustrating. Um, so we've talked a lot about me playing soccer, uh, by the way, I don't play it right now, uh, being COVID safe. Um, but I had a league, I I play pickup games, but I also had a league that I was in and I started that, you know, Fuck, was it a year? No, it was two years ago. God damn, it was two years ago. Okay, (laughs) sorry. That just blew my mind for a second. So I started, uh, didn't know anyone on the team. We were the worst team in the league, lost every single game, but we loved playing with each other and we had fun. And so the second season I came back and they asked me to be the captain of the team and we got a little more organized. We got a couple new players and we came in second place. And we had, we had this sort of meteoric rise to one of the most competitive teams in the league. And it was really, really fun. And so the third season, beginning of last year, 2020, we go in and I'm like, all right, we're on fire. We can do this. We can get first place in the league. It's going to be such a comeback story from a year ago when we were last. And we got all the way to the finals of the, the tournament at the end of the season. And we were on track to win and then COVID hit. Mm. And it was impossible the, the, we were right at the edge of accomplishing that goal. And so then the question becomes like, how much of a failure was that versus how much I got from the journey and from feeling like I was helping a bunch of people sort of become a team. And like, there's so many other aspects of it that were incredibly rewarding. And then I hopefully can go back to once this is all resolved. But I failed that goal technically. Yeah. Like that it didn't happen yeah. last year. And
2: so what? It, it, so what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I have a a similar
3: kind of experience where my undated planner that I purchased <laughs> has a basically a strategy of like I if this drops off I can pick it up at a later time without having to buy a new one um, you know so we launched the podcast last year and I was kind of I had been doing a bunch of I, know, I was I had a good rhythm uh, in uh, twenty nine like summer twenty nineteen. Of like some writing stuff, I had my New York Times article. I was working on something else, and I was kind of I don't know figuring out my roadmap for 2020. And 2020, I was like, okay, I have I have some steam. The podcast is going. We had all this travel lined up. I was working Mm -hmm. on all these like like I can interview this person for the podcast when we're in London, and I can do like fat travel writing stuff because I'd been inspired by uh, my experience with I don't know accessible seating in new york in 2019 and then COVID hit <laughs> and it's like all of our travel is canceled all of these events are canceled the world is
2: canceled <laughs> <laughs> i
1: remember when it all started you guys were about to go to london yeah i yeah. think it was yep
2: we're, yeah. we're supposed to be in london in march yes guess where we weren't
3: <laughs> <laughs> um and it was just i don't know it's like Kind of like Michael, it is like this. It, like it is impossible. Like these things are not no longer possible. Just kind of because of the circumstances of the world.
2: Well, and I, mm-hmm. I want to address two things that came up in those two stories. One is the nature of failing, needing blame. See, if you fail and it's quote not your fault unquote, you feel. Better about it than if it's something that you feel like was within your control like we didn't we didn't make our goal to do all this travel, but it's okay. It it wasn't our fault. And while this is particularly relevant to our podcast is that we look at health this way too. see if you take care of yourself, quote unquote, and you do all the right things, but you still get ill. It's okay. It's not as bad because it's not your fault. But, you know, if you were fat and you had this outcome, if you had a health failure or breakdown and you're fat, aha, you see, it was your fault. There's a whole lot of emotional baggage that goes with that because the blame component is inherent in losing. Why did you lose the game? You know, it must have been someone's fault, right? You didn't just lose, you know, eh, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Uh, teams spend a lot of time going over why did we lose, mm-hmm. which is tracking down a cause. And so that's part of the emotional um. I'm going to call it the emotional baggage that goes along with it, but there's also something that's even deeper. People think that they chose their goals, and frequently that is not the case. And sometimes you don't. Sometimes your boss says, "I want you," you know. I keep saying, "Sell a hundred units." You know. Sometimes your boss says, "I want you to sell a hundred units," and you know, you're, it's just given to you. But a lot of times we have personal goals, and we don't realize that we didn't really author. We did author those goals, but we did it on automatic pilot and we did it out of a sense of we're wrong and the goal is meant to correct us. Like I'm in poor health. I need to get in shape because I'm in poor health. I want to get in good health and there's something wrong with me. The goal is designed to cure me. And it's what you've said, Michael, so many times that anytime you take a a, a goal or an action out of should, mm. even if you win, it won't be enjoyable. It's just going to be, whew, I dodged a bullet. Right. Right. I feel like as gay men, there's an
1: additional factor for us of uh, what's it called? It's like perfect boy syndrome, Mm. where Mm -hmm. especially for like Gen X, especially for older millennials, for boomers. We were raised in an environment where it became very clear at a young age where uh, love can be taken away. Right. If people find out your secret, that you're gay. You will lose your family. You will lose your support. You will lose your friends. Um, and so to overcompensate for that, a lot of us strove to be the perfect boy. You know, Best at academics, best at sports, best at everything, doing everything just right, mm-hmm. socially and everything. That sets a lot of us up for when we make goals to be utterly crushed if mm-hmm. we fail to address some of the things that Dan has been talking about. Um, I think one of the best things... To help you achieve your goals is to fight your own perfect boy syndrome, if that's something you've got going on. Yeah, because it is an unforgiving personality aspect, um, and it while it can be a, a means to getting where you want in life, uh, professionally maybe it can be extremely destructive in your personal life, your goal setting. Uh, and your own inner world Yeah I, mm-hmm. I would
2: submit that it's It's broader than than that I mean absolutely what you say about gay men uh, mm-hmm. Gay women I think it applies To any marginalized group I'm thinking of all you know All the all, all the fat people who are like I may be fat but I'm going to be exemplary Or I'm going to be yeah. my mm-hmm. fashion's going to be on point Or you mm-hmm. know you're the, you're the only black person At this organization but you are going to be You know the, the yeah. whole the whole mythos Of the example of my race you know uh, so I, yeah. I think it, it happens anytime you find yourself outside the in group. Yeah, at the risk of
1: sounding maybe overly Stuart Smalley, you are <laughs> you are good enough as you are. You are not responsible for being the icon of your minority group. You are mm-hmm. responsible for trying to make yourself the best possible you you can be, not yeah. the best possible game man there is.
0: Yeah, I would even say you don't have to. I don't think I. I I would like to think that all of these goals that we've talked about and any goals that you might have in mind are optional. They are, they are opt in if you like, they are, you can do this if you have decided that it would be a good thing in your life. I don't think you have to set goals at the beginning of the year. I don't think you have to do that ever. If you don't want Mm -hmm. to, you can, you can just go live your life. Like you don't need to. You don't need to measure your life in terms of success or failure or anything in between if you don't want to. I like doing that because I like, I have, you know, I have the very typical American, like I want to, I want each year to be bigger and better than the last. And so (laughs) I keep trying to build on that and eventually I'll probably get tired of it. But I don't think you have to do that at all, especially not if it's sacrificing your, your happiness, like to, I think your only responsibility in life is to is to be happy as long as it's not at the expense of other people's happiness. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And also just keep in mind, no goal you set has to be achieved by you and you alone. Reaching I, I would, out reaching I, out to people makes things much easier and makes brings everything a little bit closer to your reach.
2: I would go farther, Don. I would say that any goal that's really worth setting, you can't accomplish by yourself. That's
1: mm-hmm. fair. You know? So, you know, reach out. You know, don't be an island unto yourself. Don't do what Don used to do of like mm-hmm. everything must be kept inside unless someone <laughs> invites it out of you. Mm-hmm. Um, people, guess what? People don't open the door to you often, so sometimes you got to kick the door in and say what you need. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. you know? I there's a this popped into my head because I just watched it. I know I'm late to the party, but um, the documentary uh, Free Solo uh, about mm. Alex Honnold, who uh, famously climbed El Capitan uh, without ropes uh, by himself, which has never been done before or anything even, well, it's similar things have been done, but it's milestone and he's a legend now. Um, The documentary is phenomenal, but you think about him and it's called free solo and it just creates this mythos around him that he did this thing himself. He (laughs) climbed without ropes. He did it and he did do the climb without ropes and he did it on his own, obviously, but all of the prep work, (laughs) leading up to that was if you watch the documentary he's getting advice from his friends from other experts he's they're taking him on climbs to help him prepare they're he's talking to the documentary crew and they're you know checking in with him emotionally and like what how do you feel like what do you like there's a whole team of support for him to and that's not to say that he couldn't have accomplished it truly by himself but the whole, I mean, even the point in the documentary is that he has a girlfriend and he you know, struggles with the idea of dating because his his passion in life is so dangerous. And this is the first girlfriend he's had for so long. And initially he thought, or maybe some of the people in the documentary thought that she was holding him back. Like the fear of dying was giving him a fear of climbing. And it, But at the end, it all turns out great and he's still with her and blah, blah, blah. All of that to say, if somebody like that in a profession like that still needs help. Like we all need help. And they're there, like Dan said, there truly is, I don't think any way to, to accomplish goals without help or certainly not ones that are, um, they going to have yeah, an impact I, in your life. Un, yeah. Unless your goal is to
2: get up and, you know, go to the kitchen for a drink of water. I mean, yeah, you can do that by yourself.
0: Impact. For goals. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A,
2: impact a, a goal for goals. worth, mm-hmm. a goal worth setting. Yeah.
1: Anything else um, to tackle on this?
0: I think that's it. I think that, I mean, I we could probably, I could talk we're about really good years, at babbling yeah. on. We, <laughs> yeah. we, can, we can ramble with the best of them, but I think hopefully this sets you into, like, let's take a mulligan on January. Um, we had a good end and, to and, the month. And in the past four years. Ra- <laughs> yeah, let's roll that into 2020, you know, and maybe our 2021 starts in February. And so if you want to take that, that fresh step forward, if you have any desire to set goals for yourself, I certainly don't think you have to but uh, hopefully this helps.
3: Yes.
1: So I think we have a tip this week talking about a very yes. important yes. subject of vaccines.
3: We do, and we'll try to keep it brief because I feel like this could be a longer thing. <laughs> We've had a few listeners kind of write in talking about uh, COVID vaccines, mm-hmm. and and also I've just seen I don't know, it's a whole like conversation happening about this on Twitter yesterday. But I don't. Know, my my tip for the week is. If you qualify for priority access to a COVID vaccine due to your, you know, quote-unquote obesity, I think you should get vaccinated as soon as possible. Um, Obviously, the local guidelines, wherever you may be, may be different. Um, And just the the way they're tiering this could be different. But I think it's important. Uh, You know, Don was saying he was – he didn't want to get the vaccine early because he feels like there could be someone – yeah, that was my
1: time. gut reaction is that I'm healthy, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm I'm in good shape. I'm I'm got myself together. Maybe someone else needs it a little more than I do since it's in finite supply. But the position I'm ultimately taking is throughout this entire COVID experience, I've been an advocate for the science, mm-hmm. right? I've I've been saying all along, you know, you've got to pay attention to what the scientists are saying and you should be listening to them, they should be doing what they say. Guess what? The scientists are saying that right now I should be in group 1C or 1B. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I will be in group 1B or 1C. I will get the vaccine when it's sent to me because I'm going to trust them that it's time that I should do that.
3: Oh. Get vaccinated and then you get to listen to the bit. Yay. What's, what's the bit, Don? <laughs> Let, what is our bit for let's this What's the bit, Don? So, to celebrate
1: 2021, I thought we would play 21 questions. Oh.
0: Oh, Ooh. my. Okay. That's one more than usual. So,
1: this is what we're going to do. I have... A specific object that has figured largely into January 2021.
0: Dildo, final answer.
1: (laughs) Uh, And I'm going to give you all up to 20 questions. You you can take turns, but as soon as you know what it is, buzz in and take a guess. That will count as one of your guesses. Now, Michael, what I want to do is I want you to, uh, I'm going to say at the end of everything what the item is. And then when you re-edit this, move that to the front. So the audience knows what you guys are looking for as you ask these questions. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that's that's fun. Okay, all right. So, uh, item one, the item is Bernie's Bernie Sanders mittens. Bernie Sanders mittens.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. See how long it takes. You watched way too much password as a child. (laughs) Uh, I was I was hoping Uh. he's going to do the password voice.
1: You may start asking questions now.
0: Oh, is it something you can hold in your hand? Yes. Is it a tool?
2: Is its function to accomplish another function? No. Okay. Is it edible?
1: No.
0: Is it rigid or pliable? Oh, sorry. Is it rigid? (laughs) No. Okay. Uh, Is it pliable?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Did you just um, want to waste a question Trevor? was you trying to get to the end faster uh, <laughs> <laughs> is
1: pliable objects um, that have figured largely into twenty twenty one so far
0: uh is it electronic no okay is it organically found in nature yes okay
3: uh does it's it have an nice. does
0: it have a pleasant aroma
1: most likely no
0: Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Um, (laughs) I have a follow-up question that Michael is curious about the answer to, but is not worth asking. (laughs) (laughs) You can ask the question.
3: I won't answer if you like.
0: Ooh. um, Does it come in a pair?
3: It does. Is it? Oh, I think I know. Trevor. Is it mittens? It is. It is Bernie Sanders mittens. (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh, my God. Which has been everywhere recently. (laughs) Oh, my God. For
1: no good reason. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they're adorable. Uh, No Him all bundled up with his little manila envelope with the mittens. (laughs) Uh,
0: Congratulations. That is a very
1: decent score. You should be very proud of yourselves.
0: Between the three of us. (laughs) what did you think of our score <laughs> how, long, how long how long were you screaming into your steering wheel while you got the answer but we didn't yeah. <laughs> let us know we're on
3: twitter and instagram as at big fat gay pod we're on facebook as the big fat gay podcast leave us five stars there leave us five stars or a review on apple uh michael said stitcher doesn't do reviews or you remember anymore so that's uh check us out there too though See all yeah. the articles we talked about on our website, www.bigfatgaypod.com. Um, Yay. maybe you're pinning your big bird brooch on <laughs> while you uh, are going out to achieve your new goals that you set after listening to this. Ooh. Um, yeah, and uh. The door gets and blown in, you. and it's, it's Don, and he's not Mr. Nice Boy anymore, so.
2: <laughs> Look out.
0: <laughs> Why did Don sound weird this episode? <laughs> <laughs>